glad to be here. Um, I want to speak to you on the subject, the legacy from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The legacy. See, in our church in Lone Oak, we uh, called it a slogan or a motto that we had for a while, and it was bringing families together and hope for tomorrow. And then we changed it later on to a slogan that we had on our cards or a motto that was strength for today and hope for tomorrow. That was our logo or our motto and uh, that we kind of uh, carried through. And then um, I heard several times since I've been here, uh, we're growing apostolic legacy. I heard that. And so I thought, well, uh, legacy. Well, uh, legacy is something that uh, values that we uh, receive because they are shared with us from another person or another generation. Uh, it's uh, a legacy is what we as an individual or as a church, what we contribute to the world. What are we giving the world? What's our, our uh, legacy? And uh, uh, the legacy that I remember was, uh, uh, and I knew very little about uh, my mother's mother, my grandmother, uh, who came from northern Wisconsin down to the Twin Cities, and uh, the Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost. And uh, then along came my mother, and the Lord filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, baptized in the name of Jesus and so on, but filled her with the Holy Ghost. And uh, then uh, along came me, and uh, the Lord filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And along came my son, and the Lord filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And along came his children, and the Lord filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And along came my grandchildren. The legacy that I remember was holding Siobhan's hand as she walked down into the water and my son prayed for and daddy baptized her in Jesus' name. That's the sixth generation. That's the legacy that came from grandma down through and I had the privilege of seeing the sixth generation go down in Jesus' name. Praise God. So a legacy, uh, Thank God that we can pass on uh, some of these uh, uh, wonderful truths. And um, so I did some time ago, and I'll come back in another time, and I will uh, talk to you. I did a booklet uh, that I did on this, and you probably have heard this, but I did a booklet on, did research on the seven levels of praise. The Hebrew language is a lot more difficult, I think, than 
English because one word can mean a lot of things. And it's even sometimes pronounced a little different in Hebrew. And so there are seven levels of praise in the Psalms alone. Toda, Yada, Halal, Shabbat, Zemar, Barak, Tila, all Hebrew words. We interpret that in English as praise. Now I'll give you just a little bit of Hebrew that uh, goes along with legacy. Psalms 145. Psalms 145. I'll start the first verse. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Second verse. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise. I will praise. The praise there would be halal in Hebrew. I will halal thy name forever and ever. Third verse. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation. Well, let me go back here. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The word would be... Um, let me see, Shabbat, not Halal. In Hebrew, it would be the same, we interpret it praise, but it would be Shabbat. What does Shabbat mean? He gives us the answer. One generation shall praise, which is Shabbat, thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor and of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. So he said, this interpretation of praise would be, I'm going to Shabbat, we might would say legacy, see, but this is our legacy. He said, we Shabbat it from one generation to another. In this, when the psalmist wrote this, it was, what he was saying is, I'm going to holler from this hilltop or mountain to the next person on the next hilltop. I'm going to say, praise the Lord, only he would shout it, Shabbat, Jehovah. See, when you read in the Psalms, it says Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That Lord, when it says that, it is referring to always Jehovah. Sometimes when it's L and then little letters uh, and it says Lord, it's referring to master. That could be referring to a man or to God, master. But here it is, uh, Lord. Uh, I'm going to praise the Lord, Jehovah. And so I'm going to shout that to one generation to the next generation, to the next hilltop, I'm going to holler. What are you going to holler? So the psalmist tells us what we're going to holler. Eighth verse. This is the same, the psalmist here. He said, this is what you shabak or you shout to the next generation. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. 
So they hollered to the next generation, the Lord is gracious, which what, it means he's kind. He is good. Thank God. And so uh, <clears throat> then the next verse, ninth verse, he said, what else do you holler from one generation to the other? The Lord is good to all and his, and his tender mercies are over all his works. This is what they, he said, I want you to shabak or I want you to shout to the next uh, <clears throat> generation. Now, the 14th verse, he said, I want you to holler this. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raises up all of those that be bowed down. God's going to lift you up. Shout that to the next generation that God will uphold you. Yeah. This is legacy now. The psalmist's legacy. Thank God. Then go down to the uh, 14th verse. Well, uh, let's go down to the 17th verse. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Shout that to the next generation. The Lord's righteous. 20th verse. The Lord preserveth all them that love him. Put all the wicked, but all the wicked will he destroy. What? The Lord preserveth. Holler that to the next generation. What are we hollering to the next generation? I, these things, this is what the psalmist hollered. Old Testament. If I'm going to holler something to the next generation, it would probably be, do you know Jesus saves? Jesus heals. Yes. Jesus forgives. Yes. Jesus blesses. Yes. Jesus will strengthen you. Yes. Jesus will help you. Yes. He will guide you. Yes. He will forgive you of your sins. Yes. He washed your sins away. This is what we'd be hollering to the next generation or something like that about the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the blessings of God, how wonderful he is. We're going to holler that to the next generation. Not only grandchildren, great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren were hollering what? From one mountaintop to the other. Jesus saves. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I, I looked at this wonderful legacy that the psalmist have and you have here. And uh, I went to uh, Matthew, the uh, 8th chapter and 11th verse. Say Matthew 8 and verse 11. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and the west and sh shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to have a, a seat with Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob. What legacy did Abraham give us? 
What did he pass on to this generation? What legacy? And so I, <laughs> I went back into Genesis, the 12th chapter, and I thought, Abraham left us some legacy. What legacy are we going to leave our children? Oh, an inheritance, that's wonderful. A great large amount of money, wonderful. What am I going to leave them spiritually? What legacy? Abraham, what legacy did you teach us? The uh, 12th chapter of Genesis. He left us powerful, powerful legacy. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. The first legacy that Abraham left us was get out of the world. Amen. Get separation. It's still our legacy today. Yeah. Yeah. Abraham, God told him, said, I want you to leave You're where you are. I want you to, you're in a land of in a country of people worshiping idols. He said, you gotta, I'm gonna get you into a new land. I'm gonna start over, spiritually speaking. I wanna, you're gonna have something because I've found some kind of faith in, in you. He said, I want you to separate. The powerful legacy for us even today is to separate. He said, I, I, uh, I don't wanna separate from the world. Abraham, get out of this country. Leave everybody. You need to go. And you know, sometimes it's very difficult. I had a couple come in. This is in Arkansas now. I had a couple come in the office and they said, uh, Pastor, uh, we're having some difficulty and and uh, 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 we need you to help us. I said, well, just sit down. Let me see what I can help you with. I said, uh, <clears throat> uh, what's your problem? This young man said, I love alcohol. I said, what? He said, well, my wife is... We're having some difficulties. She didn't want. He said, uh, and I, I, uh, I love alcohol. And I looked at him. I said, you love alcohol more than your wife? Oh no. Do you love alcohol more than your child, your family? He said, oh, oh no. I said, do you love alcohol more than the church? Uh, no. Do you love alcohol more than uh, your friends and the body of Christ and, and uh, so on? No, no, no. But I love it. 
I said, well, let me tell you a little story. I said, uh, this, is, this is what God did to Abraham. Abraham left us, go to uh, 2 and verse 7, I think it is. 12 and, and verse 7. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto, thee, unto thy seed, Will I give this land? And there builded he an altar, and the Lord appeared unto him. I said, the legacy that Abraham left us was that of separation, building altars. I said, you're going to have to build an altar. What's an altar? An altar is a place where I'm going to make a sacrifice. You're going to have to, if you want to come out of the world, you have to give up something. Legacy. I got to give it up, Abraham. God said, leave, separate, get out of there. Then he said, what do I want? What do you want me to do, Lord? I want you to build me an altar. What's the altar? It represents sacrifice. I have to give up. I'm going to have to give up something. It represents a cleansing, a washing, a renewing. It represents a unity with God. There the Lord appeared unto Abraham. And it's a place of prayer. Abraham left us, said, the legacy of separation, an altar. Folks, you have to build an altar. If it's in the back of the church, we call this the altar and so on. But whether it's in the back of the church or in the front of the church or wherever, front of, up here, you have to build an altar. That's a place of prayer. That's a place where it, me and the Lord get together. It's a, it's a place where I talk to him. I, Lord, I'm, this is us. This is between me and you. I'm going to, one time I had such arthritis or bursitis or some kind of itis in uh, one of my arms. And I went I, and I could lift it like this. I said, Lord, I can't even praise you. And, uh, and so uh, uh, some, the leader would say, raise your hands and praise God. I'd go. As I said, Lord, that's all I can do. I can't, I can't get it up there. And uh, kept saying, Lord, I, I, I want to lift my hands and praise you. And so whether you do a little bit of this or whether you can do this, uh, you have to build an altar. There is a unity with God. There's a place that uh, God said, I'm going to appear to you, but I want you to build this altar. This is a place of sacrifice. And then not only that, but he said to him to, later on, he said, you know what I want you to do, Abraham? I want you to take your son, your only son, what are you saying? Ultimate in sacrifice. But I love, give it up. Oh, this is, I have much pleasure. I give it up. If a legacy that he left us was a separation from the world, building an altar, and this altar was that of sacrifice, cleansing, washing, renewing unity with God. And so where 
Thank God. If you're a visitor here today and you don't understand what we're not building an altar in the sense to offer an animal, but this is, he said, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I just have to present myself. Thank God. Whether, wherever I am, I just have to, thank God, lift my hands, my eyes, my heart and say, Lord, you know, this is between me and you. Thank God. I'm building an altar. I want you to meet me here. I want you to appear unto me. I want you to bless me, strengthen me, help me. I'm separating from this world. I'm building an altar. And if it's a supreme sacrifice, here I am presenting myself a living sacrifice unto you, Lord. Thank God. Abraham left us the legacy of altar building. In fact, I think that I found out when I was studying this, he built some seven altars in his time. He would go here, he'd build an altar. Well, you know what? Didn't have a church to go to. Didn't have a synagogue to go to. Where would, he wasn't gonna sing three songs, take up an offering, have prayer, come to the, how are you gonna worship? It said he worshiped God. Build the altar there. Talk to God. Here I am. Thank God. So you just have to build an altar. That's the leg. And start talking to God. Say, Lord, here I am. Thank God. This is the legacy that Abraham left us. Thank God. And so I thought, well, okay, Abraham left us now. Uh, Isaac in the 20, I think it's the 26th uh, chapter uh, of Genesis 18. 26 of 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water. Isaac left us the legacy of digging wells. And everywhere he went, in that, you had to have water to survive. So Isaac was the well digger. This is the legacy that he left us. And he went and he would dig a well, and guess what? Those good old Philistines would go and plug it up. And he knew that if he didn't have water, he'd get out of there and move on. Take his flocks and the Lord blessing him, and he's multiplying with flocks and, and uh, sheep and animals and so on. And uh, he digs a well, and the Philistines come along and plug it up. And so he unplugs it. Servants, let's get this thing out. We have to have water. Animals have to have water. And so Isaac was, Isaac was the one that just went, unplugged the wells. And Philistines would plug them back up. So then he said, uh, let's dig some new wells. You'll read this in 26, 27 of Genesis. Let's dig some new wells. So they dug some new wells, lasted for a few days, and they dried up. So he said, I got to go back and redig. I have to go back. You know, there's some old things though. Reading God's word. Setting a time for prayer. Fasting a few meals. Coming to corporate prayer.
thank God. There's some old wells you have to redig. Oh well, we've moved on. We're digging new. Sometimes you have to go back and fill us. The old devil will plug them up, but Amen. you go back and say, "Hey, uh, this is this is what I need to do. I know what's here. I know God's word. Thank God. I know. Thank God what I need to do." And so Isaac was the well digger. That's the legacy they left us. Every, and finally, you'll read in about the 26th chapter when the Philistines kept doing that. He said, "You know what I had to do?" He said, "I got to do uh, what Abraham did. I'm going to have to build an altar." So he built an altar, and then he, he went over there and dug a well, thank God, or redug uh, those wells, unplugged them, thank God, but he built an altar. He said, you know what, it, the legacy was handed down from Abraham. Now Isaac, uh, he was, the uh, main thing was the well digger, but he built an altar. Thank God, you never get away from building the altar. Thank God. The legacy that uh, Isaac leaves us is, digging wells and sometimes we just have to go back and say you know what i know that works what works worshiping god praising the lord thank god that will always just redig the old wells thank god and so uh you say well what happens well the lord gives us uh, if you redig those wells long enough He'll give you living water that springs up from within. Thank God. Just keep digging it, and all of a sudden, there'll be some living water that will, will spring up from within. And so Abraham, he's the altar uh, builder, and uh, Isaac, he's the well digger. That's the legacy. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I think probably the 35th chapter. God <clears throat> tells Jacob, rise, go up to Bethel, dwell there, make there. What? Jacob, gotta have an altar. Have to have an altar, Jacob. Make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou... <clears throat> Fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. Make an altar. Somehow an altar fits in. The legacy that Abraham had, Isaac, now Jacob. See? Jacob built those, built an altar, thank God, and there God <laughs> appeared to him. And so uh, Jacob. What's the legacy? Well, God says, Jacob, I don't like that name. You're going to have to have a name change. Not going to be Jacob any longer. It's going to be Israel. You're going to find a place in God. So he changed his name. Legacy. God you know, we used to sing that song when we were kids. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. And it's mine. Somehow, you have to have a new name. Thank God. Old ways, you, you know, old man, you, 
It's going to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. So he gives us a new name. And then Jacob left us a powerful legacy. Angel appeared unto him. This was not just an ordinary angel. It was what we call a theophany. God in angel form. It's a big theological word, but just means that God appeared in some form. This was an angel form. And so, says he wrestled with this angel. And he didn't let him go. Angel said, all night, breaking of the day. What's your name? Going to change it. And he said, but I want you to bless me. I'll change your name. Let me go. And so he finally touched his hip, put his hip out of joint. He leaves us a legacy that you have to have an encounter with God. Jacob went to Bethel, built an altar, angel wrestled with him, wouldn't hang on to God, hung on to him, built the altar, presence of God, and he wouldn't let him go. And he said, I've seen God face to face. Well, saw theophany, God in angel form, presence of God, put his hip out. And guess what? Abraham left us the legacy of altar building. Isaac left us redig the wells. Jacob said, you have to have an encounter with God. Regardless of who you are, what position you're in, you're going to have to have an encounter with God. And guess what? When you have an encounter with God, he touches your life. In fact, he touches your and you never walk the same. You got what we call a Pentecostal swag, uh, 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 apostolic limp. You never walk the same, uh, thank God, when you have an encounter with God. You say, oh, but Joe, friend, he did it. No, you have to have, you're not gonna walk the same. I don't have the same love. I don't have the same desire. I don't have, I don't have that. I had an individual, in our church, that his wife came in and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And her husband happened to be the mayor of our city. Wife came in, received the Holy Ghost. Her mother came in first, received it, and then she came in, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptized her in Jesus' name. And I went to visit them, and her husband said to me, he said, Pastor, he said, uh, my mother raised me in probably the largest church in this city. She was a Sunday school teacher. My dad, they were great members of this church. And uh, 
uh, I, I've lived my entire life there until I married. And my wife was a member of probably the most prestigious church, another church. He said, uh, most prestigious church because the, the president of the bank, the president of the motor company, the president, superintendent of schools, all the upper politicians and went to this very prestigious church. And so he said, I left the church of my mother and I went and when I married and I went to her church and put me on a board and I'm there with all these individuals and, and uh, he said, and she comes over to your church on the other side of the tracks and receives some kind of spirit and says that I need to go there. And he says, I, uh, my mother raised me in a good church and it was a good church. And he said, I joined another church and it was a good church. And he said, I ain't coming to yours. <laughs> he said, I'm through with that. And your church is on the other side and it was on the other side, the tracks. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, but by the way, I said, Sister Janice is having a singing on a Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. We've invited fellowship of friends to come. Several of our black churches in the community and surrounding are going to come. And I said, we're going to have just singing. I said, not preaching, we're just going to have singing. And uh, I said, being that you're the mayor of the city, I said, uh, uh, you probably would be a good thing for you to come. And he said, well, you know what? I just might do that. I said, it's good. So I saw him sitting about the middle of the church on the right-hand side. Folks were singing. And of course, when you get, you get a group of folks that, uh, know how to worship the Lord. They began singing and, and uh, I looked over there and amongst several of my black brothers and friends, I saw uh, some white hands up in the air. <laughs> and all of a sudden I, I heard an encounter with God and the Lord filled them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have to have, see, he wasn't going to even darken our doors until I'll just come for this special, see. But you know what? He had an encounter with God. Have to have that. I didn't know this and he didn't tell me this until after. He said, probably a week after, he's, well, that, that evening, he told me, he said, I need to be baptized. And I said, well, when you're ready, we'll do it. He said, well, give me a little time, and so on. Well, he told me this after. He said, you know what I did? He said, I dipped and chewed. He, said, he was a farmer. So I dipped and chewed for over 20 years. And he said, I told, after he had the Holy Ghost, he said, I still, a few days there, I'll still do it. And he said, I just didn't feel right. So I told the Lord, you know what, Lord? I want to give this up. 
I never told him. I didn't even know that he did that. He said, I want to give this up. And he said, you know what? I can't. I have such a habit, I cannot give it up. But he said to God, you know what? When they it took three of us to baptize a big guy. It took three of us to baptize him. He said, when I go down in Jesus' name, he said, I want you to take this desire away. He told, I didn't know that. He told that to God. See, I'm talking about an encounter with God. We baptized him in Jesus' name. And I remember he shot up out of there like a bullet. Ooh, it's gone. I said, what's gone? The desire is gone. He said, I felt something leave me. You know what? Let me tell you what. You can have an encounter with God in an altar of repentance. You can have an encounter with God in the baptismal tank. You can have an encounter with God when he fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's just like Jacob. And got hold on to God until you just hold on to him until he touches you. And then God, when he came up out of the water, he said, Brother Joe Strand, it's gone. It's gone. And then he told me what he had told God. In other words, what he was saying is, when I have an encounter with God, he's going to change my life. And when you have an encounter with God, he'll change your life. And God, legacy, and God, Abraham have to build an altar. Isaac, you got to redig the old wells. Jacob, you have to have an encounter with God. That's a personal, and God, that's a, wherever you are, you, when you, you just have to lift your hand and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Thank God, cleanse me, wash me, help me, forgive me. You have to have that encounter with God. However you make up, whatever the, the, the situation is, you have to have your own personal encounter with God. Thank God. And you know what? When you really have it, he'll touch you and you're not going to desire. You're not going to walk the same way. Thank God. I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad. Thank God. You have, a, a, you have a, a, the legacy, growing apostolic legacy. That's what it's all about. And the legacy, he said, when you sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, thank God, that's the altar builder, that's the well digger, that's the encounter with God. And guess what? I can join them. Thank God. We, we built some altars. Praise the Lord. We, an altar's worship and praise and cleansing and close to God. Thank God. We've dug some of the old wells. Amen. And then we've had that encounter with God. Legacy. Thank you, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You've given us, thank God, a legacy. Uh, praise God. Let's stand. It's still ours today. Praise God. I don't know where you are, but we shout from one generation to another. We're shouting to you. Build an altar. Redig some wells. Have an encounter with God. Meet God face to face. Thank God. And he'll touch your life.